Welcome to the 1% Club. If you guys want access to all my MMA plays and tell exactly what I'm doing, make sure you join the Discord by clicking the link in the description below. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the One Pete Club. We're here, UFC 281, Izzy versus Pereira, the fight we've all been looking for. I don't know about you, but I got my man Shay here. We're ready to do this weekly breakdown. Stacked main card. Man, top to bottom, right? I mean, the whole main card is is uh, is hammers. Hooker, Puyos, Edgar, Gutierrez, Poirier, Chandler, Barnburner, Esparza, Whaley. And then Izzy, uh, Izzy, Alex. Um, let's touch on the let's touch on the main card. I'm gonna let you get started. Uh, Dan Hooker versus Claudio Puyos. I have a, I don't say a strong opinion on this, but let's. Uh, I'll let you kick it off. What do you got for us? Tough fight for me to handicap. I'll be honest. Um, I really love Dan Hooker. I mean, who doesn't? Uh, tremendous fighter. He's got a couple of flaws though. He's he's a slow fighter, and he keeps his hands down. We've seen when he fights anyone with speed, Michael Chandler or Allen, like they just completely wrecked him. When he's had success, even in the Dustin Poirier fight that he lost, he actually had a lot of success because Poirier is not very fast. Poirier stays in the pocket. He uses his his movement a lot, looks to counter. Like, Hooker will have success like that. Puelas, for all his... You know, the one thing Puelas does actually have going for him, which I did pick up on film, is he's actually pretty fast. He does not like to strike a lot. Generally, he'll panic wrestle, try to get it to the ground. But in the spots where he is striking, he is fast. So I don't think that Dan Hooker is going to have like this huge striking advantage. And Puelas does have the X factor. Like maybe he gets him down, maybe there's some scramble, and maybe he subs him. Do I think that's very likely? No. I think he'll have a very tough time getting Dan Hooker down. It's not easy to take Dan Hooker down. But that is something that will happen, say, 15-20% at a time. So if I have something that's going to happen 15-20% at a time, if he wins the striking, say, 30% at a time, you're looking at a 50-50. To me, it's going to be dog or pass. I'm going to have a small position on... Over I'm actually going to go the opposite with you here. Um, I like I like Hooker for a couple reasons. Uh, one, um, if you look at who he's lost to, it's the elites of the divisions, right? Like we have Allen, all top five guys, right? Allen, Poirier, Chandler. And to me, those are like elites in each division. So like I, I don't really hold that against him, you know? And for me, when I see uh, Claudio Puyos, I mean, this is a guy that, that – uh, he lost a round to Jordan Levitt, you know, and, and this is no shot on Jordan Levitt, but Jordan Levitt is not the same as Michael Chandler, Dustin Poirier, right? So uh, I think he's I think he's being disrespected on the line a little bit. And uh, I, I feel like the narrative being painted here is Hooker is done. And I am just not convinced of that yet. You know, I want to see I want to see him somebody against not uh, against somebody not elite in the division. This is a great fight for him. This is going to tell us a lot. I'm willing to take the risk. I like to play at minus 155 here for Dan Hooker. Um, it's not a huge play. I'm not in love with it, but I'm going to lean the, the Hooker side. Now, if you say, I don't know what the line is on Puyos by sub, I feel like that's the only way he gets this this done. That might be a nice hedge. I'm not sure what the math is on that. Uh, I'm not sure what the line is, but that just kind of popped in my head. So you guys can see what the, what the line is on that and if it's something uh, you want to hedge on. Frank Yeager, Chris Gutierrez, I'll kick this one off. Uh, this, this fight is actually uh, near and dear to my heart if you will. Um, I've trained a bunch with Chris Gutierrez. Uh, listen, and, and uh, dot, dot, dot. I also just interviewed Frankie Edgar two days ago or yesterday uh, about this fight as well. So I'm, I'm pretty, this, this fight hits close to home to me. I got to side with my boy, Chris Gutierrez. 
I've known, we call him Katikas at the gym. We've known him, I've known Katikas for a long time. And listen, I can tell you this. He is one of the best, if not the best low kickers in that division. Probably the, the, the other better low kicker would be Jonathan Martinez, his teammate and good friend, but he's top five in the UFC low kicker, in my opinion. His ability to co- uh, control range is excellent. He's very fast on the hands. Um, and he's very, very hard to hit clean. In my opinion, uh, Frankie Edgar by decision is the only way that, that, uh, that Edgar wins this fight. I mean, he's not a big, Edgar's always a volume guy anyway. He's not a big puncher. Chris is very, very difficult to hit. Um, but Frankie's only way to win, in my opinion, is, uh, is by decision. So for me, I don't know, once again, I, I don't know the math on this, but you could probably get a decent hedge on, uh, Gutierrez money line and hedge with Frankie by decision. I don't know the math on that. Uh, but I do like the over either way in this fight. Chris is very, uh, is very dangerous for sure. But if he stops this fight, I'm going to guess it's going to be due to leg kicks, which Frankie moves so much. So it's going to be hard to really stamp those leg kicks in there. You know what I mean? It's going to be really difficult to really just drive those home, you know? And, uh, you got to watch the spinning shit with him. This dude's all over the place. You know what I mean? You always got to watch that stuff. He's got a couple nice spin back, uh, back fist knockouts. So, for me, I like the over in this. The fight to go to distance, I think, is uh, or the over is minus 165. Distance is minus 140. Uh, you could play Gutierrez money line and then maybe hedge with Frankie by decision. Uh, there's a couple different ways you can play this, but I do like the over uh, either side on this. What are your thoughts? Man, I think we pretty much agree. Um, I think there's someone you left out. You were going through the best low kickers in that division. What about Pedro Munoz, someone who Frankie actually fought? Absolutely. He's, he's great. Lost, lost the decision to Frankie on that. Exactly, but he's not, to me, to me, it's uh, the difference is the range though. Pedro, Pedro is an in pocket, like he likes to sit in the pocket. Chris is not going to play that game. Chris is way longer. Like he's a very good low kicker. You're right, but to compare those two with a sample size of Frankie Edgar, I just don't think is fair because the range is so much different in those two fighters. I think the fight is going to look pretty much the way the Munoz fight went. Like you said, it's very tough to sit down on your leg kicks when you're going up against Frankie due to all that movement. It's also not very intelligent to throw a lot of spinning shit at him. Can you knock him out? Absolutely, but Frankie can also take you down. And Gutierrez does not have the greatest takedown defense. To me, this is going to be a decision fight. I agree with you in the over. And I'm going to have a pretty decent position, a half unit as well, on Frankie to win via decision. I don't see him stopping Gutierrez. I think this is going to go the distance, and I think it'll be a very similar fight to the Munoz fight, where you're arguing damage. I think Frankie's going to take more damage. And versus control and perhaps volume i feel like chris will have the bigger will will impact more damage he's gonna have the leg kicks frankie will still beat up with the legs even if he can't completely sit down on those frankie probably steals a takedown or two does have a little more volume with the hands i think we're looking at a very close decision fight to me i'm gonna go with the over and i'm definitely gonna grab that value with frankie uh v decision and guys you got to do this when you're looking at a fight and you're getting say plus 200 on fighter a but he's plus 500 v decision and you don't really see him winning any any other way you gotta just that decision even if you're not sure what's gonna happen in that fight that decision suddenly suddenly becomes a very very powerful play it's just a good play i think this is gonna be a 50 50 decision going to the end i'm gonna grab that monstrous plus money payout with frankie to win via decision i like it uh something else important to note and i'm gonna ask your opinion on this i have my own opinion this is Frankie Edgar's last fight. Do you think that holds any weight going into this? Like, I, I, I personally, I think it depends on the fighter. With Frankie Edgar, I don't think it's going to matter. He's a competitor. He's a lifelong competitor. I don't think that he's going to have one foot in, one foot out on this one. Uh, but 
you know, maybe there's some some mind share there, some brain space being taken up by that being his last time he steps in. I don't know. What are your what are your thoughts there? I actually think it helps Frankie. I feel like, you know, when you're until fighters, I feel like until fighters know, hey, this is my last dance, they always have hope. Maybe it's 1%, maybe it's 2%. Hey, man, I'm going to have another run. I'm going to get to the top. So they will take tougher fights in those scenarios. I feel like right now, if you're looking at Frankie's biggest weakness, is its chin. It's his chin. He's been knocked out a couple times brutally. Chris Gutierrez, very good striker, doesn't have tremendous power. Like the danger factor isn't huge from Chris. I feel like this was a... I don't want to say a hand-picked matchup because Chris Gutierrez is obviously a tough fight, but I feel like this is a fight where Frankie could have said no to this. Hey, give me someone else instead. I feel like Frankie feels like he can take him down, shut down some of the more high-impact low kicks with his movement, and win a decision. Next up to bat, the Louisiana hot sauce himself, the people's main event, Dustin Poirier, taking on All-American Mikey Chandler. Uh... Man, this fight is a close one for me. It's it's really tough. And there's a couple things, a couple X, X factors that I want to talk about here. One is the biggest question I think that everybody is thinking is, is Michael Chandler going to wrestle? Um, I'm going to, I'm just going to say this. The answer is yes, but I think it's going to be too late. I think he's going to be in a dogfight by the time he takes his shot and it won't matter. That's my answer. That's typically how it goes with him. You know, he gets in these dogfights early and it's just too late, you know what I mean? Like he's already in that in that you know killer be killed mode, and the shots aren't very well set up. Second question, or I guess not question, but thing to talk about X factor is this fight is three rounds, not five. If this fight was three rounds, I'm Dustin Poirier all day and twice on Tuesday. Uh, this fight is three rounds. I think that that favors Chandler. I think Chandler is a three round fighter. Not to say that he cannot go five rounds, but his value is much better suited in three rounds. He is, I mean, pedal to the metal for 15 minutes. For me, this is just the decision maker for me, right? And this is just my opinion. And uh, I, there was uh, some criticism before on a couple of my reels. And that was, is, is the guy, I think the guy commented and said, I'm going to sum this whole video up. As Kraus says, you know, he basically gives his prediction on what could possibly happen, but what might not happen and doesn't actually pick a winner. And you're right. I do that sometimes, but I'm not here to necessarily tell you who I think is going to win. I'm here to also, like, if I don't have a play for you, Shay, I'm not going to tell you what, I'm not going to give you a bullshit play. I'm going to tell you how I think the fight could play out. And if you agree with me, let's lean with it, rock with it. If not, I'm not really going to give you a play. This one is a close fight for me. And at the line, I don't really, I don't really like it. But I will say this. I'm going to end my comment with this. If this fight turns into what I think it will, Hooker versus Poirier, Chandler versus Gaethje, one of those. There is no guy I would rather have by my side in one of those fights than Dustin Poirier. There's nobody else I'd rather have by my side in one of those dog fights than Dustin Poirier. Does that mean he's going to get the win? I don't know. But that style of fight is suited for him, suited for his mentality, and suited for his style of fight. For that reason, if I have to pick, I'm going to pick Dustin Poirier here, like it or not. You know, I, I can't help but you know, circle back. If you remember a couple of weeks back, we were discussing the Rodriguez versus Chidi fight. And I was like, hey, you know, Chidi's better in most places, but I feel like, you know, I got a lot of crap for this. If they're fighting for their lives, for their kids, Gregory Rodriguez is going to win this fight because he's going to take him down and pound them out, which is exactly what he did. But we aren't, I feel the same way with this fight. If Michael Chandler is fighting for his kids, if he needs to win this fight, I would make Michael Chandler the favorite. If he goes out and wrestles, uses his speed, his explosiveness, 
looks to set up that power double. He will take Poirier down. He will win this fight more than he loses it. I just do not think Michael Chandler is going to do that. I feel like Michael Chandler is going to fight this fight in the one area where Dustin Poirier is better than him, which is in the pocket, trading punches, countering, slipping. Michael Chandler doesn't slip very well. He does not have great counters. He's a forward pressure, in-your-face fighter. If he fights this fight like he fought against Justin Gaethje, can he knock out Poirier? Absolutely. Does that fight favor him? No. That is the worst possible strategy he can have if he wants to win this fight. Now, hey, I'm not here to tell fighters what to do. You know, if you're making 30K in the prelims and you you need to win desperately, I'll be pissed. I'll be annoyed with you. If you're Jared Vendera and you don't go for that, you don't go for your, you know, you don't utilize your path to victory, I'm going to be upset about that. If you're Michael Chandler, you're a fan favorite fighter, and hey, you just want guys to love your fights, you want to become more popular, God bless. I'm not here to tell you what to do. But what I can't do in good conscience is bet Dustin Poirier at like a near 2-1 to one favorite when I feel like if both of those fighters needed to win this fight, he should be the underdog. Do I think this fight probably plays out the way you laid out? I do. But there's no way I can lay money on a favorite. If Michael Chandler fights this fight intelligently, I believe he should be a slight favorite. I'm actually going to throw just a quarter unit on Chandler just because I have to. The gambler me cannot look at this line. I cannot see that number hanging out there on Chandler where I feel he's a better all-around fighter and just not dabble at all. It'll simply annoy me if I didn't and Chandler suddenly fights intelligent. I'm going to be like, God damn, I knew it. Why didn't I bet Chandler? So I'm going to put a quarter unit on Chandler. Another play that I like even more for a half unit is the over one and a half rounds. I feel like that's a pretty decent position over here. Poirier, he's a great boxer. Who is he stopping, like, round one? Like, he's not this huge finisher, especially early on. He picks his shots. He takes a lot of time, generally, to get his range. He doesn't come out guns blazing. Can Michael Chandler knock him out early? Absolutely. But again, he's the two-to-one dog over here. If you're thinking Michael Chandler is going to f- win this fight early, I kind of, I'm going to make my money back with a quarter unit that I have on Chandler. So I'm sort of hedging myself a little bit. I'm taking the over one and a half. For a half unit and a quarter unit on Michael Chandler on the money line. Coming event, women's strawweight title. Carla Esparza, Wei Li Zhang. Listen, guys, I'm not going to bore you. There's a very simple way to play this fight, in my opinion. Uh, Wei Li Zhang money line. Hedge with Carla by decision. Uh, can Carla finish? Yes, absolutely. And uh, I just don't see it. You know, I, Is it possible? Yes. Probable, no. I think Carla's biggest path to victory here is doing what she does best, wrestle people, out grapple them. Uh, Wei Lee is strong, powerful, explosive. I watched her at the PI this last weekend. Good Lord, she looks incredible. She looks incredible. But listen, I'm I'm not counting Carla out. She's a dog. Like she's beat a ton of people that you know, I can't tell you how many of these same exact situations she's in right now that she's came out on top. To me, it's very easy. Uh, I don't say easy. I don't want to make it seem like it's a lock or anything like that because I don't really believe in that. But uh, Whaley money line, Carla decision is the only way you play this fight unless you want to separate those two. I, I can't imagine seeing any other way that, that uh, you play this. Let's be honest. There are so many gamblers that love these spots. Like they look for, like there are going to be a lot of folks looking at Whaley Zhang as the Miranda Maverick of last week. Where it's just, hey, she's sitting at minus 500. Let me put it into every stinking parlay I got on the board for a better payout. And then what do you know? Fight night comes and Maverick is sitting at minus 1,000 and you're feeling really good about yourself. To me, that is not justified. This line is just way too high. 
Is Wei Li Zhang far more powerful, far more explosive? Of course. She's picking up Francis Ngannou. Look at her. The one thing she doesn't do, which I've never seen from her, again, I haven't watched enough film on this fight yet, but I don't remember Wei Li Zhang ever sprawling in her life. Do you remember, James? Do you ever recall Wei Li Zhang sprawling? Listen, I've, I've watched film on this fight. She, Carla has the ability to take her down, for sure. No doubt. No doubt. And to me, to me it's simple how. Wait till she closes the distance. Put that double on her. She's not going to sprawl. She's going to start backing up, running her feet, and finish that with either a trip or you just, you know, run the pipe, however you want. She's going to move backwards after the double. I, I don't think, like, she'll get her down with initial shot, but I feel like she will be taking her down a couple of times. Now, will Weili Zhang be able to get up? Probably. She's so goddamn strong. However, we have seen her fairly recently sit and play guard in a pivotal round versus Rose Namajunas, which lost her the fight. And Carla Esparza has a lot better top pressure than Rose Namajunas. Can I see Carla Esparza stealing rounds with her? Stealing rounds from her? U utilizing the grappling? Absolutely. This price on Carla Esparza via decision is absurd to me. I am not going to hedge this with the Weili Zhang money line because I simply don't feel like the line is fair. Now, one key. Let me, let me teach you guys one thing. There are, there's often in a fight where you're like, hey, I can hedge myself for guaranteed profit. I completely agree with you. If you take Weili Zhang money line and you take Esparza via decision, you're probably going to make money over there. However, you never want to take a second bet that's negative EV. That in and of itself, if you would just take that Weili Zhang minus 400, 100 times, if that is going to cost you money over the long run, then why use that as a hedge? Will that secure a profit on one fight? Yes. If this is the only fight you're betting on your life, and you need to pay your mortgage, of course, hedge it this way. But if you're going to do this over 100 times, I believe you will be up more money taking Carla Esparza via decision 100 times straight than going the hedge route 100 times straight. I feel like you will be, there's more EV to just take the Carla via decision, which is the only play that I'm going to play over here. Main event, the one we've all been talking about for quite some time, Israel Adesanya, Alex Pereira. Uh... I still don't know where I'm going on this, so I'm just going to vomit. Um, for me, the, 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 the biggest factor in this fight for me is experience. We're talking about a guy with uh, six fights, seven fights against a guy with 24 fights. And you say, oh, James, I know that they have kickboxing experience. This is not kickboxing, guys. This is different. This is different. The biggest thing for me is Israel Edesanya's ability to control range. He is the best in the sport of MMA at it incredible ability to not only control range but range deception that is making it seem like he's closer than he really is that's how his draw two is so great that's how his ability to draw in and out is so fantastic so it's not just controlling range in and out it's range deception and his ability to make himself feel like he's farther away or closer than he is and that becomes off that lean that we talk about, you know, he's so good at. That's what that's what that comes from. So uh, another thing I feel like the narrative is, you know, Pereira's got two wins over this, this guy, Izzy, right? Did you watch those fights that like whenever I hear somebody say that, my next the next thing I say is, did you watch those fights? Because the fight that he got knocked out in, he was winning. And the fight that he lost a decision in could have went his way, right? So it doesn't really it is it a part of the story? Yes, absolutely, it's a part of the story, but I don't think it tells the whole story. I don't think it tells who the better athlete, who the better fighter is. 
the experience of the small gloves and the range of Izzy is going to be the biggest difference for me. I don't know if I like the the two. I've seen some minus two hundreds. I don't know if I like that. You know, minus one fifty, minus one sixty five is what I'm seeing right now. That's a little bit more there. Uh, I'm not upset at Izzy by decision. I think he's going to play very conservative. Uh, maybe even clinch a little bit. You know, people say is he going to take a shot? I don't think he's going to take a shot, but he will clinch a little bit, just like he did against Cannoneer. Don't put that past him. He will definitely, I think, clinch a, a little bit in this fight to wear down Pereira, wear down the like Pereira was uh, got tired a little bit in the Bruno Silva fight from all the clinching. So. It's definitely a hole in, I don't want to say it's a hole in his game, but it's definitely something Izzy can use. Listen, the experience is telling everything, the ability to control Rangers, everything for me. If you say, if I'm Izzy, I say, listen, you can beat me any which way you want, but you're not going to beat me with a left hook. I think if you can shut that left hook down, control range, range deception, and stay elite level elusiveness like he is, I think he's going to win this fight. I remember when this fight was announced, I was sitting poolside, scrolling through Twitter, Pereira versus Izzy. I called you up. I called up James Krause, and my first thoughts were like, "God damn, this is going to be a kickboxing fight." The fact that it's in the cage, who cares? They're not going to be grappling. They're not going to be wrestling. This is going to be a kickboxing fight, and the guy that's two and zero is a two to one dog. I'm putting my life savings on Alex Pereira. Now, when the fight week actually came close, I actually bothered to watch the film, and boy, was I surprised. Like you said, I actually went and watched those two fights. A couple of things. Number one, Pereira does two things well in the kickboxing cage. Number one, which is what he's probably best at, is that counter left hook. That left hook is just, that's just a weapon. That is a weapon from him, a thing of beauty. The other thing he does well is forward pressure. Like he's got some good forward pressure and he'll set up his shots well. He does not cut off the cage very well, or the ring. Now, I feel like Izzy probably was getting the better in those two fights, despite taking the L's. And I feel like the ring really, really favors Pereira, because his best work was done when he had Izzy in the corner. It's much easier to cut off a ring than it is a cage. Exactly. Alex Pereira does not... I I think he's going to have trouble. Even if you watch the Silva fight and his fights in the UFC, he does not do a very good job of cutting off the cage. And Izzy... Is a night nobody's cutting off the cage versus Izzy, number one. And number two, if you want to catch Izzy, if I was gonna nitpick on Israel Adesanya striking and try to find one flaw, you gotta overextend. You gotta flail at him. He'll lean, he'll do the lean back. Like you said, what he does so well is the perception of range. Like I'm out of range, but really I'm in range and I'm gonna land my shot. However, he'll do the lean back. Guys will get close. Even Cannoneer hit him with a couple of sloppy shots when he was like swinging that head back up against the fence. That's not Pereira's game. Pereira needs to catch you with a counter. Israel Adesanya does not get hit by counters. It does not happen. It, it virtually almost never. Plus, Israel Adesanya is going to use the cage. He can just circle and play the range game. And I don't think Pereira is going to be able to cut him off. And God forbid Israel Adesanya just pulls a rabbit out of the hat and wrestles with him to, to, and is effective at all. I think Pereira's going to get tired. This is a five-round fight. Like you said, we saw Pereira get tired against uh, Bruno Silva. I think Izzy can tire him out. I think Izzy will be tough to hit at range. And I just think Izzy, especially with a four-ounce gloves, is going to be so cautious. I think we're going to see as cautious. People are saying, oh, finally we get a real fight with Izzy. We're going to see blows flying. I don't think so. I think this is going to be as cautious and not Asanya as you have ever seen. I think he's going to look to move, stick the low kick, Touch, 
in and out, circle, circle, and maybe grapple, maybe fit in, maybe try to work the clinch, tire him out a little bit. To me, this has Israel Adesanya in a relatively close, boring decision written all over it. I'm changing my mind. No more house on Pereira. Give me Izzy via decision. But man, if Pereira wins, I'm going to be annoyed because that definitely was my initial lean. Like, I'm putting the farm on Pereira. I am changing my mind. I'm going to go with Izzy via decision. Hopefully we cash. I like it. Great. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great night of fights because there's a lot of big names on it. A lot of good matchups on it. Tough to cap for sure. That's how it is sometimes. So, cast those checks, guys. Let's go.